Texas A&M is after a talented quarterback in the 2025 class. What are their chances of landing them? We'll talk about that today right here on Locked on Aggies. You are Locked on Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today, we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting and where do you need to go if you are going to be recruiting some employees? It's LinkedIn Jobs. It is the best place to go and find the best fit for your small or large company. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. We are joined by Locked On recruiting expert Brian Smith. Brian, how are you doing today? It's the beginning of another recruiting cycle. Lots of film to watch. Lots of players to discuss. Camps, combines, practices. It's right up my alley, brother. This is this is like you know the, the Super Bowl just happened, but like these few months are your Super Bowl as a recruiting expert. I mean, it's got to be a fun time. It's got to be January through May. Yeah. is my busiest time as goofy as mm-hmm. it is but that's when all the recruiting stuff really gets going and these colleges figure out exactly who they want exactly exactly it makes sense so today brian and i this is going to be a weekly thing we're going to start doing having brian on to break down recruiting next week we're going to talk more players and names we're going to talk one name this week and then some big picture things but first brian you said you know this guy personally it's a quarterback texas a&m is after uh, Antoine Hill Jr. He was committed to Colorado. He backed off that commitment. Sounds like Texas A&M is really in this. What are your thoughts on him as a player and Texas A&M's chances? He goes to Warner Robins, Houston County. It's spelled like Houston, but welcome to the Deep South. <laughs> and uh, yeah, nothing quite like it. Yeah. And he is a traditional pocket quarterback with a rocket launcher. Um, great kid, down to earth, but 6'5", 6'6", 200 pounds or more. He, he's He's a big kid, and man, it's the kind of guy that if it works out and he figures out all the technical stuff, God gave him gifts you cannot teach. I've seen him play a number of times in seven-on-seven, et cetera, and there's not many guys that have his ability. So the first thing about him is when you walk up to him, if you didn't know what position he was, you might say, this is a flex tight end. or what? Like He's a big dude. His hand engulfs mine when I shake his hand. So he fits the kind of that pro football mentality of the old school days. But he's also a guy that's kind of learned to take something off of it, hit the shorter pass and not kill the guy because like he can put it through your chest. So he's warning the nuances of the game. He's playing against really good competition in central Georgia, and he's been recruited for a long time. Like everybody offered this kid early, Bama and Tennessee and all these different schools looked at him. Aggies, Florida seem like the, the schools that are being mentioned the most right now. But I mean – the skills are there that I imagine he's going to have many opportunities no matter what month it is. I'm sure somebody's going to be calling his phone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, listed at 6'5", 215, which goodness. I mean, that's that gets you excited as a quarterback, um, as, as a the height and weight for a quarterback. I mean, so here's my question for you, Brian. A kid like, like Hill Jr., Texas A&M's in a really good spot quarterback-wise right now. You know, Connor Wigman – 
couple more years of him. You got Marcel Reed. He was a freshman last year. He had a really good bowl game. You still got Jalen Henderson's got some eligibility left. And then you've got the freshman this year, Miles O'Neill, who's a similar player, not as highly rated as Antoine Hill, but also has a literal rocket for an arm. You know, when it comes to Hill, is he is he fully a guy that's going to sit in the pocket? Can he get out and run? Um, you know what I mean? Or is he really kind of a, I'm going to stand here and deliver the football from the pocket type of quarterback? He'll do a little bit outside the pocket, uh, waggle, bootleg, yeah. kind of like play action, hide the ball, roll right or left and make a throw. He's got the size and power, Andrew, to make throws that other guys wish they could that are even in the college or pro level. So he can throw it from awkward positions. I think it's not a matter if he can, it's whether he's comfortable doing it. It's just reps. A lot of that stuff is technical. Uh, like the 49ers back in the day ran a ton of stuff where they would try to get the fullback or the tight end out in the flat off of some kind of play action to Roger Craig or whoever it was. Those kinds of plays are still prevalent even in the spread. He just has to become more and more comfortable with it. But right now at Houston County, he gets the shotgun snap, surveys the field, and then burns somebody's hands. That's what he does. So he'll expand his game with time, but he's not like a guy that's going to run for 100 yards. That's not his That's not his mentality, and that's not his physical skill set. He can run when needed. That's yeah. the better way to put it. Well, sometimes that's effective in and of itself, being a guy who, you know, isn't known for running. If you get outside the pocket and you find a lane and go, I mean, it, you know, that it's kind of how Connor Wigman is in a way that he's yeah. sneaky athletic. He's sneaky athletic. He's not a guy that – you know, we're going to draw up 13 run plays for him. But if he rolls out and his guy's not open, he'll take off and he'll burn you. So it's good to hear that he's got that ability in him. I mean, and here's, you know, another question about Hill. I mean, we've all heard of it. The quarterback with a cannon for an arm, you know, but then you watch him. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a baseball guy. You can you throw 97, great, but can you throw a strike? This kid, you know, he's got the, he's got the big arm. Does he have the accuracy to match, or is that going to be something that has to kind of develop as he develops into a college quarterback? I think it's just warning his body because, like, sometimes he throws from some awkward angles and it still gets there. Yeah. I don't know if it's natural accuracy with that. Uh, when he's pressured, he'll throw from some off his back foot, etc. As you go up levels, that needs to happen less than less because the ball goes the other direction when you do that. At the high school level, he can get away with it. Now, once he goes to AM or Ford or wherever he ends up attending college, he needs to be a little more dynamic with his footwork and anticipate the pass rush so his feet are in the right position because you're going to get hit in college. Yeah. And you still got to look down the gun barrel, if you will, and make and throw not just a good ball, but one where they can make plays after the catch. That's the college game. Throw a short pass and watch the guy zig and zag through the defense of the crowd go ooh and ah. Everybody's trying to do that, and of course, then throw the jump ball, which Hill will not have any problem with. We don't need to discuss that at all. He can throw it 60 yards, no problem. I just need to see a little more consistency with some of the shorter stuff. He's gotten better. Uh, the sophomore to junior film shows it. I've seen it when I saw him recently at Battle Miami down in the Fort Lauderdale area, at a seven on, hit a couple guys underneath because everybody knows who he is. A lot of cover two, a lot of soft defense, trying to force him to be patient, and he took those. As a sophomore – he might have forced some of those, and they may not have been the most accurate, and they may have went the other direction. That's just part of the maturation process. Kids that get that, when you start to see it before, their senior year is a very good sign. You don't want to take a kid, even with that kind of arm that Hill has, if they haven't shown it before their senior year, because like he's going to be committed before he plays it down, more than likely. You need to know. 
So I, I've seen it, and I'm sure of that that those kind of comments get to college coaches. I'm sure they made it to Elko, et cetera, Billy Napier. And nobody would want him otherwise because everybody wants the quarterback with the big arm. That can, like you said, they can still make an accurate pass. Exactly. I got two more questions on Hill before I move to more big picture stuff. And this one here is, is he a guy to you that stands out as someone that could start year two in college? Or is he someone that you think is going to have to kind of settle more into the college game? Could he be, could he start early on into his career if you were to pick Texas and wherever he goes? Yes. Physically. I mean, for the love of mankind, that's not going to be an issue. He's physically ready now. Yeah. He just has to refine his body. But 6'5", 215 never goes out of style. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he's a pretty even keel kid mentally. Uh, one of the things I look for in quarterback, like I won't name names, but there are certain guys at receiver over the last 30 years. You're like, I don't want that guy dating my daughter, and I don't want him playing quarterback. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, he's not that guy. Mm-hmm. So he has the right mentality. He has the right size. Now it's just fit. If you're going to run an uber complex offense, I don't want anybody before their junior year. But basic spread, when AM's obviously got dudes at all the positions, they should be fine if he's the guy. Now, he's going to have to battle to get it if he goes there or wherever he goes. But physically and all that, yeah, he's got the right mindset too. Yeah. Last question on Hill. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say give me a percentage, but I'm going to say, do you think AM is it smoke or is AM really? in this race to land to land hill i think they are and he's had a lot of options but he's one of the kids he committed to colorado then other kids came off the board some of his other options dried up this is just math i tell a lot of the kids off the record at quarterback and i haven't had a conversation with hill about this but if you know there's a school you really really like and you're a quarterback they're taking one are you sure you want to be uncommitted tomorrow like have that conversation well, his kind of worked backwards because he decommitted because he did make the decision early. But now that there's a decommitment, I think that AM is one of a handful of schools he's in. It's just math. There's not many spots that he'd be comfortable with, and the Aggies are one of them. Yep. Perfect. Well, we are going to talk some more big picture recruiting stuff coming up right here on Locked On Aggies. But first, I want to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is over. College football has been over, which, yeah, it's painful. It is. But over on FanDuel, there's no such thing as an offseason in sports. There's golf. There is MLBs coming up. Pitchers and catchers reported for most uh, teams recently. You're in the middle of the NBA. you got March Madness coming on, uh, coming up soon. A ton of exciting sports. So right now over at FanDuel, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. When it comes to the NBA, you can bet on a ton of stuff, quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and a ton more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. So... Continuing, continuing our conversation with locked on recruiting expert Brian Smith. And, you know, Brian, I wanted to, with you, you know, g- going to be coming on here at Locked On Aggies every week going forward, I want to start this with some big picture questions. You know, fans that aren't as in tune with recruiting and, and might wonder some things like this before, you know, next week we get into players and, and names to know. So, uh, first of all, this is my question, and it's something I, I've discussed here on the show. Uh, a good amount. You know, Coach Elko at Duke, 
if you look at the numbers, you know, here's the, he wasn't bringing in five stars and four stars. Now that that's not, to me, not an Elko issue. That was a Duke issue. I, I looked at his numbers when he was the coach and then took that back further to years and years before. I mean, Duke was never really getting kids. I mean, even like Riley Leonard wasn't a highly ranked guy. So, I mean, that was just pure development. Um, now, of course, Coach Elko was at Texas A&M as the D.C., so it's not like he's not been around big-time football and recruited at a high level. But, I mean, when it comes to being the head coach, head honcho at an SEC school, Brian, how do you feel about Mike Elko and what he is going to be able to do when it comes to the recruiting trail? Well, now that he's established himself as a good coach, and I saw the uh, Duke-Notre Dame game live last year, they're really good in the trenches. They use really good technique. It's He's, like you said – not a ton of five-star guys. They won with experience, technique, and playing to their scheme. That sounds like something that everybody wants to do. Uh, AM would would like to have done that a little more the last few years <laughs> with a lot more talent, but he's going to bring stability to the program. He did well at Notre Dame as a coordinator, did well at over there at, at Aggieland. They went to Duke. Everywhere he goes, he's successful. Now he's going to be able to recruit to his brand specifically instead of just kind of taking the organization that the other guy wanted him to do. And he's going to be able to do it at a school that can recruit. You're not going to get those kids at Duke. You're just not. Yeah. I think he can have a top 10 class at least every other year. And I think he'll be a little bit different model than Jimbo. He'll, He'll still go after some of the five stars, but I think he'll redshirt and develop a little bit better and you'll see much better roster management. That includes these two categories in particular. Not taking as many knuckleheads. I'm just going to leave it at that. And then number two, he's going to take guys more balance that they don't have a hole at a certain spot. Like D-line obviously was not a concern the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. They'll be more balanced. He'll take the one kid that he needs to transfer portal or the JUCO ranks, whatever, to fill a hole. But every year will be consistent. And you'll see more kids stay on campus in A&M. Yeah. yeah. So here's what I'm wondering now. You've got – so I want you to talk about two things kind of in one question. And it's something you you talk about all the time. I actually, I talk about this on my show a lot. And I got it from you listening to you on other lockdown shows, but you talk about building relationships and the importance of that in recruiting. So, you know, what I'm saying is I tell people that, and, and you know, maybe they listen to me, maybe they don't, but I want you to tell them the importance of it. And then on top of that, I also want to hear um, your thoughts on, you know, coach Elko knows the high school coaches in Texas. He's recruited in the state of Texas. And obviously when you're at Texas A&M, that is a big deal. So I want to get your thoughts on those two topics and, and how they can benefit Texas A&M and Coach Elko's tenure uh, in College Station. The state of Texas, I've visited some of the schools there. I won't be specific, but like there's really good guys to be around and there are other guys that are they're pretty arrogant. Yeah. They like their own. When I told them I was from Florida, there was one guy that didn't like me. It's it's a it's a weird deal. That, that's a it's a dynamic that's hard to explain. It's important that he's coached there and at AM, especially for the Houston kids in East Texas. Those two areas are loaded, but they like their own as a general rule. So even if he crosses the border into like northern Louisiana, it's like Shreveport or Ruston or one of those towns, and then believe me, he, he will. You need to recruit those kids. And it all starts with the following word that you used: relationships. It's number one word in recruiting. There is no second place. This is where your listeners, some of them will get mad, but it's just true. It does not matter. Like that shirt you got on says Texas A&M. The shirt's nice, but it's the person wearing the shirt that the kid commits to. 
not the school. Now, all the hardcore Aggie fans are throwing things at their TVs and their computers that are watching this. It's still true. It's the same for every school. Look at it this way. Saban steps down. How many kids left? Four, five, six, like 10 kids in three days yeah. right after he left? They didn't pick Bama. They picked Saban. Now, that ticks off Alabama, but it's the same deal. You have to build relationships. And he's got relationships in Texas already started. AM, in my opinion, over the last 30 to 40 years, is the most underachieving program in college football. Why? They should have had multiple national titles with all the talent that's right there, with all the resources, and they haven't maximized. I honestly think he can be the guy to get him over the top because he's an excellent coach. He's got experience in the state. He's a likable guy, and he's actually been a good recruiter as an assistant prior to his head coaching realm at Duke. Why not AM? I mean, obviously, I mean, their endowment's like $18 billion or something like that. Yeah, there, there's no reason they can't. And again, stability with that. I think he's this is could be his last job. Wouldn't be surprised if he was a 10-year guy at AM. He could be a big time coach there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I think folks in College Station and the listeners here, I mean, it, it seems like he's already he had those relationships built, like I said having coached at Texas a before, but sure. he's continuing to build more relationships. And it just seems like every time a recruit leaves, I loved Coach Elko. He's a great person. I feel the family vibe here already. And I'll just tell you, I mean, I don't we don't we're not going to get into the culture issues under the previous regime, but we all know they were Oof. Oof. and I don't think you're gonna Coach Elko seems to be a real Let's build this thing the right way. Let's, you know, we're we're not we're not just here to win football games. We're here to to grow young men and uh, you know good people, not just football players. And and I think that some might you know scoff at that and go, well, who cares? It's it's we care about football, but that stuff makes good football players, a good leader of men, and that's what Coach Elko seems like to me. So I'm really anxious to see what his tenure does look like, Brian. I, I think he's going to be a great coach. And the other thing, I don't know if you know much about, um, do you know much about Colin Klein, who's the OC now? He was the OC. Oh, he's a hell of a coach. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I, I'll, then I'll ask you this. I am like through the roof, like singing praises off of the roof of my house, excited about Colin Klein. I think the one thing that I've said time and time again, I think it's going to be a problem for Texas A&M. I don't think he'll be here long. Because I think he's going to be a head coach at some point. Um, but I think he's going to be great during his time here. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you know about it, what are your thoughts on Colin Klein? You, and it seems like you're in on that hire. Well, two things. Number one, he won with Kansas State. And they kind of like Elko. It's similar. They didn't have elite recruits that took JUCO kids, some local kids, registered the crap out of a bunch of guys, took some walk-ons. And then they just, you know, a kid here or there from Texas, kid here or there from Colorado. Kansas is one of the worst states per capita for the NFL. There aren't a lot of guys that you got to recruit out of state. That's not friendly. And it's the polar opposite of what's going on in College Station, Texas. So now he gets to use that same stuff, but with a lot more talent. And we'll find out if he's a recruiter. We don't know yet because recruiting at AM is a whole other animal. Yeah. But if he can do that in two years, they'll be happy to let him go to the NFL or go cut, run his own college team, whatever, because they've been to the playoffs a couple of times. If you get to the playoffs, whether you win or not, like, okay, you're doing, you're doing well. So AM should be in that contention at yeah. least every other year, I think, consistently. I think Klein's going to do well and he'll be a good fit with the blue collar kind of people that follow AM. I think it's going to, and he'll work well with, a, with, with Elko too. I think they will be two peas in a pod. Yeah, I'm with you. Brian and I are going to talk about a recruit in the 2024 class that, um, 
I think Brian is uh, pretty high on, and I think everybody in College Station is as well. We'll talk about him and what he can do during his time at Texas A&M coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But I want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the best place to go get your tickets. I, I mean, I talk about this all the time. When you want to buy a ticket to an event, whether it's a country music concert, a ball game, uh, go see a, a comedian, whatever it is, the competition of Game Time, they just they just want money. I talk about it all the time. Game Time is a place that they are in the business of getting you the tickets to the events that bring folks happiness and do it for the best price. I've seen this. I've seen the numbers. It, it, it's it's legitimate. Game Time gives you the best deals for tickets. I also love how simple the app is to use. I love that you can pick your seat. I mean, you can't do that everywhere. You can you 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 get your seat and you look and it shows you there's the field. Am I on the thirty yard line? Am I behind the plate? Am I behind the basket? Am I am I in the middle of the court? Where am I in, at all these different venues? I love that about game time. It's the only place I will ever buy tickets to everything I go to for the rest of my life. It is the best place to go get that done. And if you use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase, it's going to help you save some money right there as well. Like I said, locked on code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, Brian, I was talking about singing on the rooftops in reference to Colin Klein. I think we might get you to do the same thing when I mention the name Terry Bussey. What are your thoughts on him? I, I mean, how, like, how good is this kid going to be? When he was at Under Armour in Orlando leading up to the, the classic game they have every year, we were at practices, all the media's in, and he's going against four- and five-star corners, and nobody could guard it. The funny thing is, in the state title game, I think they're 2A is his high school. He set a state record or whatever as a quarterback. He's a kid that Alabama wanted a receiver. Other schools like LSU wanted a corner. That's what it I doesn't remember. matter. Yeah, like whatever position, I would get him the ball after seeing him. Like it, it was ridiculous. So I don't care. The only thing, and I will, I'm, I'm making this public announcement now. If they do not give him at some point the starting punt returner job, Myself and Mike Elko will have a cage match. Yeah. And I don't know who's winning that, but he's that kind of electric. He yeah. is that guy you just want to have the ball. Now, if they put him at corner, I get it. You need, And Elko's a defensive guy. Totally get it. But just get him the football in those cases. And he's a kid that could have given up football and just ran track. Yeah. He's that kind of explosive. So AM's getting a three-and-out kid that will play in the NFL, straight up. I say it all – I said it. Time and time again, this kid will be in the NFL. I can't 100%. wait. 100%. No. I, you know, and I said, I watched a lot of high school football tape in my life, whether it's doing this show, other things, whatever it is, I've watched on high school tape, and I seriously cannot think of a time that I've been more excited about high school tape than watching this tape. I mean, it just – it jumps off the phone, the computer, the iPad at you. I mean, it is just unbelievable. So, I mean – a lot to be excited about there. Now, I mean, here's the issue, Brian. And once again, and we, we've seen this with um, oh, what's uh, Travis Hunter up at Colorado? You know, doing the both ways thing. It, it's just tough on you. I, I mean, if I had to pick what I would want Bussy to do based on Texas A&M's roster, the corner, the secondary. You know, I, I know you do a lot for Miami, Brian. So you probably watch the A&M. 
uh, Miami game. I mean, uh, Van Dyke just uh, utterly torched. <laughs> I was on the field for that game. Yeah, there you go. For about 684 yards. So, <laughs> you know, um, you need corners. You need guys in the secondary. But, man, you'd love them to play receiver, too. And that's what's so – that's what's funny about it is, like, I can justify him playing receiver or him playing corner and feel good about it either way, and we, we could use them either way. So it's – um. It's going to be interesting, but yeah, I think they're going to use him at corner. But I mean, I wouldn't give him here. Here's I'll tell you this, Brian. I wouldn't mind if they gave him a couple plays at receiver if they had a couple sure. things drawn up for him. Well, you could run specific plays or just use him as a decoy. You run jet motion with him on three plays in a game. They're like, okay, on this one, they're giving him the ball. Then the yeah. quarterback just rolls over and throws it to the tight end. There's nobody within 10 yards of him. Yeah. 25 yards, first and 10 Aggies. Yeah. You can do basic things like that. He doesn't have to know the whole playbook. And again, please put him at punt returner. Please, I, I think that that I feel confident they will do yeah. the offensive thing. I, I can't sit here and confidently say that, but I would love. Like I said, I'm not asking every snap on each, each way. I'm asking, give him five snaps on offense. Maybe give it to him two times and use him as a decoy three times, and good things will happen, like you just said. So, you know, I've got one more question for you, and we'll call it a day here. You know, obviously, Elko is we're, we're past 2024. We're on to 2025. Coach Elko is getting in on this class, and that's what we'll discuss next week. But my question is, I mean, you know, 2026 is going to be the class where Elko has really I've known these kids since they could walk and develop, you know, and, and had these relationships. Like you said, do you think he can still put together a top 15, top 12 maybe a little bit higher class in 2025 knowing he won't have had the full time he needs and knowing he's a little bit behind other schools for this class. I think that you can, if your staff is ready to roll, the key here is like I was talking about earlier connections within the state, Oklahoma kids, Arkansas kids and Louisiana kids. That's their base. They'll get maybe a one or two Florida kids, one or two Georgia kids, everything else pretty local relationships, relationships, relationships. If they've built that with the other staffs they've been with before they came to AM and the few holdovers that are either in the back office or on the staff, they'll be fine. Any year that AM's outside the top 15 of recruiting, something went wrong. That's just how I mean, no offense to other schools. It's just they've got the money, they're in the Southeastern Conference, and the location is an hour and a half from Houston. It's not that hard. Don't make it any harder than it is. So next year, sure, it'll be easier because it is a longer period. But with the guys that he's brought in on the staff, they should have a top 10 class if things go right with a couple of key guys, but top 15 should be conservative. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Brian, you're going to be here coming on with us every week now. Do you want to tell everybody what you got going on, where they can check you out and all that good stuff? At FB Scout underscore Florida on X, formerly known as Twitter. A little bit of recruiting on everything. Going to be going to the Atlanta Under Armour camp. There will be several kids there that have Aggie offers. That's my favorite Under Armour camp of the year. Going to the one in Houston coming up and a little bit down the road. A lot of fun, man. Uh, Recruits all over the country this spring. Yep, that's exactly right. Well, like I said, we'll be with Brian once a week going forward, but that is going to do it for Thursday's episode of Locked On Aggies. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow.